Welcome to The 100 Club. This is Tom, joined by Rich and Ollie. And we are today having an interview with Sue Redfern, the umpire who has been at the centre of the game this summer. Keep with us and we'll find out all about The 100 from the umpire's point of view. And if you're enjoying this content, give us a subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. Sue, good afternoon. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, good. No, thank you very much for joining us, because I think every time I turn on the cricket this summer, uh, you seem to be front and centre, so pretty busy at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, been a very busy summer for myself. Uh, no complaints from uh, from here. Uh, just uh, very lucky to be given the opportunities to be umpiring where I'm umpiring, so uh, I'll take every bit of umpiring. Thanks very much. As I say, people will know you this summer um, from your umpiring, and you've been involved a long time in that regard. But of course, before that, you were an international player. So I was just wondering if you could sort of tell us a bit about your journey into cricket and, and how you made it all the way to the England team. Yeah, sure. Uh, playing seems so long ago. I'm feeling pretty old, to be honest now. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I used to, used to play. Uh, was very lucky. Uh, I got selected to play for England when I was 16. Uh, so played in some uh, ODIs and some test cricket. There wasn't any such thing as T20 around in those days. Uh, so, uh, yeah, played played uh, a few tours and a World Cup. Uh, when I finished playing, kind of like when I hung up my boots, uh, I decided that I wanted to stay involved on a volunteer level. Uh, and thought umpiring give it a go uh, and yeah I've been I've been very lucky to where I am from here so uh, yeah good choice good decision from my side. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that you you know it's a long way but you've been at the heart of the game like as you say for a very extended period of the time and it's, it seems like the summer has become particularly prominent women's cricket and the hundreds clearly a part of that. How is how do you sort of assess the feeling around the women's game at the moment how does it feel to you? Oh, do you know, it's, we often use the term game changing. Uh, and I honestly do think you, you can feel something different, Tom. Uh, something has changed as a result of uh, the first 100 match which we were involved in. Uh, that atmosphere and the way the players were feeling and the responses we were getting from the media and the, and the television, uh, there is a real momentum and there's a real feel that this is a, a major thing for women's cricket. Uh, and it's a really exciting part time to be involved in women's cricket to be perfectly honest and it's you know been long overdue uh we you know we've been fighting in the background for a long time to get some form of equality uh and to really showcase you know the skills of the female players so you know this is a great time to be involved and it's a great privilege to be watching talented cricketers uh on the professional stage show show how good they are and show that you know it's a real viable uh part of the game and uh yeah kind of like this is hopefully the springboard for for future and more things in the women's game so you know last year the t20 world cup final i was in the stadium watching that final uh and to see eight six thousand people enjoying that game of cricket i think where we are now with this hundred you know kind of like actually seeing you know domestic cricketers professional cricketers combined with overseas players and our england players it's it's a really exciting time to be to be part of women's cricket to be honest obviously the media you know some some people have been quite, you know, a bit anti, you know, the 100, they've kind of questioned the format. But, but for us, it feels like that exposure of, of the women's game is kind of like the, you know, the, the real big win in terms of, uh, in terms of this tournament. Um, you know, do you, can, can you kind of see that, you know, rubbing off on the other formats, you know, in terms of you know, following of women's cricket? 
Yeah, I think, you know, this is just demonstrated and has just shown that actually the skill sets of the players, you know, the quality of the field in the bowling and the batting, you know, the, the hard hitting, you know, what I'm really enjoying is, you know, the boundary sizes aren't small for the women and we're still clearing the boundaries, you know, so it's really demonstrating those skills and the development there. And I think, you know, you can transfer that. I think the one thing about a shorter format is it makes the competition a little bit closer and the teams a little bit closer. So it becomes a little bit more competitive obviously the, the the broader you get the longer you get in terms of the format the probably likelihood is the team with the greater skills are going to probably come out on top more often than not whereas with the shorter format you get those close games and I think that's the really exciting thing about this 100 is you know most of the games have been really close they've gone down to the last 10 balls in most cases that's both men's and women's cricket so you know there's definitely kind of like there's definitely that momentum there in terms of this format you know obviously the teams are still getting into the tactics but you know it, it's it's exciting cricket to watch and certainly exciting cricket to show new people and new audience into the game. So I think, you know, absolutely. Once, uh, once you see that you want, you want more, you definitely want to kind of like have more really. And whether that be different formats or a continuation of the hundred, it, it doesn't really matter as long as we're getting people interested in cricket, interested in spectating and playing uh, and volunteering and, and wider roles as well. And it's, you know, from my perspective, you know, it's great to see other females umpiring as well in this tournament you know it's it's long overdue and, and it's just really exciting to see more female umpires coming forward so you mentioned um you know the tactics of it briefly there i've always wondered as a as a current umpire but former player when you're out in the middle are you ever do you ever sort of have the player's mindset where you're thinking to yourself you know, what would i do in this situation how would, how would i approach it if i was bowling right now does that sort of ever ever cross your mind or are you just too focused on the job in hand yeah, you're always thinking what you do, aren't you, to be honest. But if, I, if I'm being honest, I'd be a terrible coach, I think. You know, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, you always are looking at it from kind of like, well, if I were playing, I'd be doing this at this point. This is how I'm reading the game. Uh, you know, there are a few surprises when you see teams doing something different. And, you know, I think you learn uh, as, a, as an umpire, you learn every game. Kind of like you, you learn something new every game, whether that be through tactics, whether it be through a piece of law or just a game situation. But, uh, yeah, kind of like you do... You do have a look and go, well, in you know, I'd do this in this situation. But, uh, yeah, more often than not, you know, you may be right or wrong. Uh, but, yeah, definitely not coach material. <laughs> yeah. so one, of think... the, uh, one of the new questions the captains have to, to kind of have in their mind is whether they're going to bowl, you know, bowl a five or a ten set with the bowler. We haven't, we're still figuring out what to call these things, but a set seems to be <laughs> the new language. Um, have you, have any of those decisions sort of surprised you when you thought, that looked like the, a poor decision to keep a bowler on of the of the, umpire, of the games you stood in. Uh, probably, probably I've watched a fair bit of it off the field and I've probably thought, why are we bowling this bowler at this point? You know, why, why is that happening? Uh, but I think there's been some really good choices of kind of like just keeping, you know, there was a period, I think, in one of the games I was where the spin bowler was getting the better of one of the batters. And, you know, kind of like you think, actually, yeah, you know, you should really be re-bowling this bowler. Clearly, you know, kind of like this is going to be 10 balls with low score, possibly a wicket coming up. And, you know, uh, you know, the thing with the 100 is what you're finding is you have a couple 
couple of those balls that make a massive difference, don't they? If you have a couple of dot balls, it completely turns the game around and that win predictor moves quite quickly from one team to another in terms of chances of winning. So, you know, likewise as well, if you hit a couple of fours or a couple of sixes, again, it kind of like can ch- completely changes the dynamic of that game and who's on top in the game. So, you know, it's so fast paced, it, it moves so quickly. So, you know, those those strategies, those tactics, I think are going to become more and more important. And I think the, the teams will learn, won't they, in terms of kind of like what's best, keeping a bowler on, not keeping a bowler on, flicking ends, because obviously you can bowl a set from one end and then bowl another set from the other end if that's a turnaround. So there's lots of things to be thinking about. I, I certainly think uh, the captains are uh, probably having a little bit of a hard time at the moment trying to keep a track of things. The scoreboard's something different. It's reading balls, not overs. So they're having to work out mathematically what's going on. I think last night there was uh, there was obviously rain-reduced games. So obviously some bowlers could only bowl so many balls, whereas other bowlers could bowl more balls. So <laughs> there's lots going on for captains. So uh, yeah, kind of like it's a, it's a new format, exciting, but uh, yeah, kind of like the tactic side of it and the management side of it. I'm sure the teams will be working it out as they go along really and learning on the, on the cuff. So we've yeah. seen a few kind of innovative things in terms of, you know, the DRS decisions are so rapid. Uh, you mentioned last night, there was a real effort to keep the game going because of the rain. Um, and, and obviously we just have this general pace, pace of the game in, in general to, to move through the hundred balls as quickly as possible. Did you, as an umpiring group, get together before the tournament and have discussion about how you were going to approach umpiring the tournament and how it might differ to sort of other formats? Yeah, we work together in teams each time you go to the venues and there's definitely some consistencies which we're looking for. Obviously, pace of play is one of those key things, uh, you know, but it's about kind of like it, it, at the end of the day, kind of like regardless of the format, it's still, you know, it's just a game of cricket. It's still the key things that we'll be looking at ordinarily, you know, yet we want to get the games on as much as possible, which we want to try and get on in all games of cricket, you know, uh, but we have to first and foremost, obviously, safety of players is pretty critical. But yeah. Yeah, kind of like absolutely. We look at consistencies. We are trying to kind of like make sure that the games get played where possible. Uh, but yeah, kind of like you can only go, you know, it, yesterday the weather was against, uh, you know, kind of like the, the umpires and the teams really. I mean, a great effort keeping them on. Uh, but yeah, there comes a point where it's just too much, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think because you're so, we're all so passionate about the game as well. It, it, anyone who's picked up the, the the clubhouse white coat in an amateur game and gone out to the middle, <laughs> it feels that sort of tension that you you must have as an umpire between being passionate and wanting the fun of the sport to be shown, and also having to be very much a, a figure of integrity in the middle. How do you sort of balance that side of it? And you know, given you probably know everyone out there as well. Yeah, I think, you know, the key thing for me is I remember as a player, kind of like I was a left arm over medium pace bowler, uh, never got an LB from an umpire, kind of like, so, you know, not that I'm bitter and twisted or that stuck with me for 20 years or anything like that, but, you know, uh, never got an LB. And I just remember as a player, all I wanted was the consistency and the integrity from an umpire to, you know, make the decisions uh, based on a fair decision, really. And and that's, you know, hopefully how I try and approach my umpiring is to be as, as honest as possible regardless 
regardless of those relationships off the pitch. You know, I try and treat each player uh, with the same respect uh, and uh, try and treat each situation, each ball with the same uh, concentration and effort, really. So, you know, I think the key thing for me is, you know, I, I don't want to get too involved. You know, a quiet game is a good game as an umpire, but, you know, I have to be prepared to intervene if needed. Uh, but, you know, you want to keep the game running as long as possible, but you need it to be fair for both teams. So, you know, key thing for me is concentration, you know, kind of like at the key points, making sure that my I'm in control of, of certain things. So I'm making sure that my eyes are watching the right things at the right time. And I'm making decisions based on my knowledge of the game and the regulations. So there's things I can do that I'm in control of uh, that can help me make better decisions. And that's what I try and work on and focus on and not, not worry too much about the external stuff uh, and what's happening around me. Just focus on those key things that I can control. Is that does that include kind of the um, the clock? Because obviously you know we've seen a couple of games. I think also on the men's side where you know the the fielding team you know lost their man outside the, the circle kind of for the last few balls, and that's kind of proved quite crucial. Um, is it is it something that kind of you as an umpire have to watch out for if the batting side are perhaps you know having a bit of a faff around, you know doing a bit of gardening and you know you know kind of can do you have to have a quiet word to keep them. Yeah, yeah abs abs absolutely, uh, Ollie. What we what we need to be doing is making sure that kind of like allowances are given at the most appropriate times. So anything that's out of the control of the uh, the fielding team, really, uh, which we give allowances for. And obviously, you also need to look out for stuff like that. Just making sure that the pace of play. We have something in cricket where we say, you know, uh, the batters need to really be ready when the bowlers are ready. Uh, so you know, that's a reminder which we give. And there are there are elements of law which we can go down, which we try and avoid. Obviously. So you try and work with the players. We're not there. You know, we're not policemen. That's not what we want to be. What we want to do is try and work with it so the flow of the game works and we try and encourage uh, an influence where possible. So we know that even as, as amateur players that, you know, you know, words can sometimes be said out in the middle. Mostly it's humorous, but, you know, occasionally it can get a bit heated. How do you strike that balance between allowing the players to express themselves and sort of get into the battle and, and, but without sort of crossing the line? Do you ever, do you ever have to step in? Yeah, I think in, in just in normal umpire, and it's an everyday occurrence, isn't it? I suppose, you know, kind of like on the professional game, the consequences are much, much higher than probably the recreational game. You know, your thresholds might differ between games. For example, if I'm back in recreational cricket umpiring, you know, obviously, if we've got juniors involved in the game, obviously, my thresholds might be less because we, we've got youngsters to look after and examples to set. So I think it's really important that, you know, you, you know, you, you, you put out at the beginning what your expectations are for the teams and, and remembering as well that I'm not responsible for a player's behaviour. In law, it's the player and the captains who are responsible for their behaviour. It's my it's my job to kind of like say whether or not that's within the law of cricket and that's within the spirit of the game, really. You know, we don't want to go, like I say, we don't want to be looking to penalise players. But, you know, we would have to intervene if it, if it is required. And I think, you know, kind of like the way in which you manage that, we're, we're all human. You know, we'll do it very differently. Some people will do it with humour. Some people will try and kind of like step in earlier rather than later. You know, we're all different, really, in our approaches. And the key thing that I aim for in that is is being as authentic as I can to make it real. You know, and, uh, you know, I just think about kind of like what, what are my what are my expectations? What, you know, what would I expect from this game? Is that appropriate behaviour or not? And, you know, you've just got to be honest and clear in your communication, really. The um, the 100, as you say, is just a game of cricket at its heart. But there have been maybe a dozen or so adjustments to the formats and some of the, the laws that I think generally have been well received. But are any of those 
you know, something that you think might need to have another look at or that you might find challenging to actually use as an umpire? Uh, at, at the moment, there's nothing really that crops up in terms of kind of like being something that's totally outlandish. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are areas in the development areas when we get the feedback from the first year that there might be some changes in the ad- adaptations. Uh, I think, you know, for me, the idea of bowling consecutive overs is really exciting. It's different. Uh, I think the feedback so far has been that, uh, you know, if you're caught, it's irrelevant if you've crossed or not. The new striker generally faces. I think that's a really exciting part of the game. It's a new thought process which means that you immediately put pressure on the batting team and there's immediate uh, reaction to that wicket and it and it puts the fielding team back at the uh, you know in the book seat really so I think that's a really exciting element uh, the five balls uh, definitely speeds up play uh, likewise as well not changing the end speeds up play as well so I like the idea of countdown clocks uh, I think that's really good because it gives the players kind of like an, a, an area of when they should be starting to bowl so it gives them time to get their fielding positions in place so I think there's a really good innovation uh, obviously with any tournament I think if we go back to when T20 started uh, you know there's adaptations from when T20 was originally put in so you know I think as we as we learn from the tournaments as the organisers learn from the tournament and get feedback from the players which is the most important I think you know uh, they'll find out how to adapt that. Yeah, we were chatting before about um, in the light of the test match at the moment, maybe the use of rain radar or something like that is something we could look at in terms of if you know that there are going to be showers, say, at the three quarters mark, then adjusting early and ahead. Would that be something you'd be interested in? Oh, it's above my pay grade, Tom. So uh, certainly <laughs> if, if you can find a rain radar that's accurate, then that's uh, that's all good, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, kind of like it depends how accurate it is, because obviously you don't want to be taking time out of the game if, if rain doesn't come. And, you know, we all know how difficult it is to forecast rain. So, uh, but yeah, well out of my uh, pay grade. <laughs> one of the, uh, Sorry, one of the other on, new laws that I've, I think I've got my head around most of them, but the one I haven't quite grasped is the, is the waving of the card yet. And that, so can you, can you clarify exactly what's going on when the, when the card is being waved? Yeah, it's it's a really just simple kind of like it's just to indicate that that's the end of the first set of five from one end. That's that's basically what it's there for. Right. So it's done every time. It's the first set of five at one end. It doesn't need to be done at the second set of five from an end because you're physically changing ends. So pretty much you would hope that the spectators have noticed that. Uh, so, yeah. you know, so <laughs> it, you'd like to think. Uh, but yeah, so it indicates just the end of the first set of five. So, you know, okay. that you're into another set of five. Uh, yeah, kind of like it's 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 different waving a card, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm sure you know. Like everything, really, counting to five has has been quite a difficult task as well because you're so used to counting to six <laughs> as an umpire. So uh, yeah, we're working really hard on making sure that we're not we're not over bowling overs or or uh, under bowling uh, sets really. So we're working really hard as umpires together as a team to make sure we just get those five legal deliveries in each set. Yeah, I think when I, whenever I've umpired, I think. Fives and sevens have been, you know, relatively common. <laughs> yeah, I, I once heard a story that an umpire did a twelve-ball over and thought it was six balls. So uh, you know, kind of like it, it happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of the hardest things in umpiring. Uh, you know, it's actually counting to six, uh, five now for the hundred. <laughs> so as Tom said at the uh, start of um, 
anytime I've turned on women's cricket this summer, I think I've seen you on the screen. You, you seem to yeah, be- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. <laughs> Obviously, the the, uh, the England India series where you stood in the test, but you were also involved in the in the men's series, the England Sri Lanka, where you were part of the umpiring. Um, I think you were the fourth umpire for one of the T twenty. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. Yeah. For your for your pers- personal career, and what what are you looking at in the next few years? Where would you like to get to with your umpiring career? Yeah, uh, for me, for me, obviously, kind of like developing as an umpire is pretty critical. Uh, umpiring in the women's game is different skill sets to umpiring in the men's game. Uh, so for me, you know, having uh, the opportunity to officiate in both sets, both formats of cricket is really important for me to develop more rounded skills. Uh, so, you know, my uh, ambition is to continue umpiring at the highest level I can umpire, at, you know, wh- whatever gender that be. I, I don't think cricket umpiring has to be gender specific. Uh, I don't think that's a requirement uh, and I think it should be down to the abilities and the uh, the t- the desire really of an individual umpire to umpire in environments where they feel like I say there are differences between umpiring men's and women's cricket uh, and obviously they do require some different skill sets uh, and uh, yeah kind of like I, I want to be umpiring at the highest level like an umpire uh, really so yeah what, what would you say is the big what is the biggest difference in terms of, you know, between the two, two genders yeah, so the the easiest way I can describe this is, you know, kind of like the games have different rhythms, uh, you know, so basically in men's cricket, kind of like because I think uh, when when you think about performance male athlete in cricket, they've had like a number of hours of training and match practice, whereas the women's game has probably had less hours of match practice as professional cricket. So in men's cricket, there's that rhythm that kind of like is a consistent rhythm through the men's game. So as an umpire, kind of like you can you can almost feel what's going to happen in the game and you can predict that and that helps you being in the right place at the right time, making sure you've got your eyes on the right place at the right time. Whereas in women's cricket, that doesn't necessarily happen and it happens differently. So for example, the, the throwers, the fielders, uh, generally in men's cricket, they throw back to the keeper whereas in women's cricket it can go either way so if you're not careful you find yourself out of position you know so there's just different rhythms there and I think in in the women's game uh, obviously because there's less pace on the ball uh, there's more time for the ball to do more in the air Uh, so you'll find that there's more lateral movement there and you'll also find that obviously kind of like the ball doesn't bounce as much so effectively what you find in there is lbs are probably higher and also as well in the women's game to generate a lot of power there's a lot of players who do a lot of sweep across the leg and kind of like do a lot of reverse sweeping as well to generate that power which means again there's there's different shot styles which means that as an umpire that keeps you busier in terms of an lb possibly and the noises, because again, the pace of the ball, kind of like the sound of those noises are different. So if you listen to the sound of an edge in men's cricket, it's clear and it's sharp and it's crisp. Whereas in women's cricket, it's probably a little bit duller and it might sound like a bit of a pad rather than a bat. You know, so obviously kind of like you just need to adjust how you're umpiring and making decisions. And, you know, kind of like it does affect how you look at the game and how you're, how you're working in that game. Sue, I, I don't think I could have a top-level umpire on without asking perhaps a slightly uh, obvious question. But with having to carry hand sanitizer and everything else, you know, pockets must be getting full. What do you have to take on to umpire in your pockets? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those umpires that actually likes to carry less, to be honest. Uh, okay. The less I can get away with, the best. But uh, no, we've got wipes, obviously, for the ball and for, for uh, COVID at the moment. Uh, we For, for the 100, we're, carry, we're trying to carry a spare ball out on the pitch as well, just to speed it up if we lose a ball. Uh, and obviously need to replace a ball as well. Uh, I, I always carry a spike repair. Uh, so if the batters or the bowler needs a spike tightening, I've got one of those. And uh, I've got a multi-use tool as well so kind of like one of my favorite jobs as a cricket umpire is i'm legally allowed to tamper with the ball uh so uh, you can cut things off it and fibers off it so uh yeah kind of like so i always carry kind of like a pen knife and a sharp pair of scissors and a multi-tool kind of like swiss knife uh style thing so uh yeah kind of like, and and also as well i wear contact lenses so uh literally kind of like i carry some contact lens solution because uh, you know i, I want to be able to see i think if uh, don't need any more excuses for poor decisions to be honest <laughs> yeah, I think the batter might get a little concerned if you're starting to apply fluid, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Just after a decision. Yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I, that has been fantastic and really an insight. And can I just take this opportunity as well to say you, you, you're, you're a, a pioneer and a legend of the game. You were awarded the MBE in 2018. So thank you for everything you do for cricket as well. That's really appreciated. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's been great chatting to you. Um, if you have enjoyed that, stick us a, th a, a thumb up. That would be great. And uh, we'll catch you next time on The 100 Club. Mm -hmm.